So I got something good for you today. Are you ready for it today? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together to hear your word, to be encouraged by the things that you have to say to us. We enjoy you, Lord God. We thank you for your favor that's upon us. We receive it right now. We ask you that you just give us hearing ears and a hearing heart to hear what you have to say to us. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about favor, the favor of God. How many of you need the favor of God? How many of you want the favor of God? Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. We need God's favor. The Bible says favor is better than riches. Did you know that? Because riches run out. Riches, you know, fade. They can slip away. But favor is for forever. And favor can get you riches, get you honor, get you uh, places that you couldn't go in your own self. But God, when he opens up the door for you, no man can close them. Amen? And if they do try to close them, guess what? God has something else for you. Did you know that? I've been, you know, I, I was raised in an Italian family, and I was first uh, accustomed to this. Uh, when my mom would make big uh, holiday dinners, and, and she would make them, you know, for an army, you know, <laughs> she'd have the spaghetti, the meatballs, the sausage, the prosciutto, she'd have eggplant, she'd have bread, she'd have all this stuff, and it smelled so good. And she didn't get the, the sauce that you buy out of a can or, or a jar. She homemade it all day long. She let it just simmer and stew, and then the spaghetti she brought, and then, you know, when the relatives were there, they, they smelled it all, and they were in the kitchen trying to get in there and, and, and get a taste and, you know, get, see what's cooking, and my mom, you know, Italians, when they get upset or when they get excited, they don't really talk in a natural way. You know, it's like, everybody out of here, get out of, get out of my kitchen. <laughs> You can hear a couple blocks down the street, you know. But that's the way, you know, with enthusiasm. So everybody's out of the kitchen. But when number one, I was born to an Italian family. I was number one son. Number one son had privileges. And so when, daddy, when I came home, number one son, mama, make a little something for us. Do you want to, you know, a little spaghetti, a little meatball? Son? Yeah, okay, mom. I'm the only one eating in the kitchen. And everyone, so I'm accustomed to having favor, right? When I was on my job, the, the uh, uh, director called me in, sat me down, closed the door. I go, oh man, am I in trouble? He said, well, here's the thing. The other employees are uh, complaining because the supervisors are giving you more favor than the others. I said, well, they can't help it. You know, it's just, that's the way it is, you know. God has given me favor. And my new supervisor, uh, when there was a thing that was going around and uh, uh, she thought I was wrong about something, and, but I was right about something, she says, oh, I forgot. You have a halo around you. <laughs> and I said, well, thank God you finally realized that. <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. Jesus, we're all number one sons and number one daughters in God's eyes. Did you know that? When Jesus, in John 14, 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, I'll bring you unto myself, to him personally, not just to a a bunch of people like uh, cattle. He said, I want to meet you. 
eyeball to eyeball, face to face, person to person. I was reading about this guy that went into heaven. He said when he saw the Lord, the Lord had such love for him, he said it was personal just for him, that his love for this person was the only love that was for you, and it wasn't for somebody else. Somebody else couldn't get the love that was destined for you. Isn't that special? Isn't that nice? That he said when the Lord looked at him, he said it was this as if he had never sinned ever in his life, completely cleansed, just looked at him and loved him. Isn't that nice? That Jesus loves us that much that he does, he does, he does what he says, that he doesn't remember our sins anymore. You know, sometimes you forgive your relatives, but you kind of still know that inside there, there's a little something that you, you don't want to cross over, and you kind of wonder, you know, like, are they ever going to get things right? You know, you have that kind of reserve. Jesus doesn't have that reserve. It's like, whew, it's uncompromising, unrestrained love for us. I think that's good news. Praise God. So you should expect that. You should walk out of the house after you spent time with the Lord. And how do you get this favor? Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it's really through obedience to his word and fellowship with him, with the spirit. That's the only way you can get it. You can't be a rebellious child and expect God to give you favor. You can't, be, you can't expect to be absent from him and expect him to you know, bestow favors upon you, just like a child. If our childs don't behave, we, we don't bless them, we don't take care of them, we don't give them rewards, right? And if they're not fellowshipping with us, not spending time with us, we don't reward them for that. But God rewards us when we're willing and obedient, when we're fellowshipping with him, and we'll see great things happen in our lives. So let's look at this. Uh... Oh, we didn't even do the ministry opportunities, huh? We did. Okay, let's go through. Got favor? Got milk? See, if you don't have favor, you can get favor. And if you have favor, you can do what? Increase it. Let's look at this scripture. Well, here's what it means to uh, have favor. It means to give special regard to someone to treat with goodwill, to show exceptional kindness, and I like this, to give preferential treatment. Don't you want preferential treatment? I don't want to be treated just like everybody else. I want to go to the head of the line, don't you? <laughs> I want God to, to shower upon me. I know when, at Kaiser, when I was working there, they, I wanted to go part-time so I could work at, at a church that I was at, a neighborhood Christian fellowship. And so I asked my supervisor, I would like to go part-time, and she said, there's no way, there's no, there is no part-time at Kaiser. But lo and behold, guess what? A new supervisor came, and they had a special job that they only were going to use you know, part-time. And so they recommended me. I had favor. I went there. I was doing it for part-time for a couple of years. And then when I needed to go full-time, guess what? They poop, popped me in. So preferential treatment. I like preferential treatment, don't you? In other words, there's rules and regulations, but God says, you know, I'm going to change them for you. I'm going to you know, bend them for you. Now, so here's Luke 3, 51 through 52. And Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. This is when he was teaching in the temple and he got lost for three days. And his parents said, Jesus, <laughs> where were you? <laughs> he said, don't you know I must have been about my father's business? And what happened? He went with them and was subject unto him. 
The king of glory, almighty God, as a boy, was subject to his parents. I know my wife and I, my son, when we were teaching him, and he wasn't acting quite right when he was growing up. So we sat him down. We read all these scriptures about how you're supposed to honor your father and your mother and have long life with you and, and a couple other scriptures. He started crying. I said, what are you crying about? He goes, why is there so many scriptures about what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> you guys are teaming up on me. <laughs> but Jesus was subject unto his parents. And Jesus, what? Increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. So if Jesus increased, guess what? We can increase. We can have more favor than what we're experiencing. How did he do it? Well, first, he was subject unto his parents, and then he had favor with God, then man. So you shouldn't say, well, God, you know, God favors me, but nobody else does. No, you're supposed to get favor from God. And other people are supposed to respond to the favor that God has over you. I'm going to show you a little bit how it works in a minute. But here's Jesus. We don't think about Jesus growing up. For 30 years, he had to obey his parents and do what, he, what they want. He had to do his chores, all the while knowing that this is building up on the inside of him that the King of glory and the Lord is moving on his behalf and that he's going to be the Savior of the world. Can you imagine that? What, what responsibility and what uh, a burden that is. But that's what Jesus did. And let's look at this here in the Old Testament. This is where the blessing came from. Now the Lord said to Abram, go away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Sure, Lord, where is it? I'll show you. <laughs> okay, I know, but where, where, where is it exactly? You just keep walking. My wife does that to, to me. She says, let's go out to eat. I go, okay, where do you want to go? I don't know. Let's just get in the car and start driving, and we'll find it. Okay, so we drive. I go, do I go right or left here? Right. Okay, right. <laughs> Finally, you know, she sees, oh, there it is, right there, okay? That's what Abraham, Abram did. He said, you start walking, and I'll show you where you're supposed to go. That's, what is that called? Faith, Right? And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you with an, look at this, with an abundant increase of favors. That's the amplified version. Abundant increase of favors. And make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Isn't that good? Now, let's look at this word blessing. Let me see if it's in here. Oh, here's Abram. There he is, leaving his father's house. See you guys. I'm off. I'm headed out of here. I'm going to a place where God's going to show me. Where are you going, Abram? I don't really know yet. We're going to start wine. See how happy they are? They're not sad. And uh, Sarai, they said Sarai was a good-looking girl, good-looking lady. So, you know, they were, they were off and running. Okay? So here's what it means to bless. This is a little bit of a teaching right here, and hopefully you guys get it and get excited about it. To bless... Old Testament is Barak. When the Lord said, I'm going to Barak you, it means I'm going to say good things about you. I'm going to, to, to praise you. The New Testament is the word eulogia. I can't say it real good, but it's where we get the word eulogy. E-U is good. Logia or logos is word. So God said, I'm going to speak a good word over you. It's almost like the Lord got on the loudspeaker and said, okay, I want you to bless Ivory, uh, all you peoples in the world. Take notice of this. 
This is my servant in whom I am well pleased, right? You receive that. Okay, praise the Lord. That's what God told Abram. That's what he's telling us. Didn't he do that with Jesus? When he baptized, when he was baptized? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. At the Mount of Transfiguration, this is my son. Listen to him. So when God pronounces a blessing, it's a good word over you. It's that good word that when he spoke light into the world, he said, let there be light, and there's been light ever since. When he said, bless and let uh, my blessing be upon Rosie, that's it. It never comes back. It just stays out there. Amen? So we need to receive it, increase in it, and let the Lord take control of our lives and let him do the blessing. Amen? Hallelujah. Let him do the blessing. Praise the Lord. Let's see the next scripture. So Abram said, oh, that's really nice. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to go home and just hang out at the couch and just, you know, wait for the blessing of the Lord, right? No. Abraham built an altar there to honor the Lord who had appeared to him. Then he moved on from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Why do you build an altar? To remember what the Lord had said to commemorate and to build it up in your heart to remember, okay, the Lord, you're blessing me. You're speaking over me. I can expect good to happen. Remember when he went into Egypt? Abimelech uh, gave him silver and cattle and gold, and he just poured out blessings upon him. And call on the name of the Lord, now check this out, in worship through prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. Actively doing something. Prayer, then praise, then thanksgiving. That's the order. You pray first. You worship him because of who he is, what he's going to do, and then what do you do? You thank him before you see it. This fellow that I was studying that he went up to heaven, he said as he was passing by to the Lord in uh, faster than the speed of light, he saw all these like darts going past him, and he just knew those were the prayers of the saints to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? He said the prayers were shooting past him faster than he could actually go, and he was going faster than the speed of light. That means none of the prayers that you pray get lost and don't find God. And he said they were in two categories. First, it was the word that people knew that they were speaking to the Lord, and then there were prayers that were coming to the Lord that people had no idea about the word, no idea about what God would do. But God received them the same because they spoke it from their heart. You, those that know the word, you pray the word of God, but those of those that don't know the word, you just pray, God, help me. God, do you hear me? God, come save me. Whatever it is, God hears your prayers. And in Revelation, it says, none of these prayers are lost, but they're brought up with a censer by the angels to be presented to the Lord. And it's a sweet-smelling fragrance to the Lord. And in Acts, it says uh, with uh, Cornelius, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial to the Lord. No prayer is goes unheard from the Lord. In Psalms 18, it says it goes into the ears of our Lord, and it becomes one with him, and he becomes one with us, and he answers the prayers that we speak to him, so we give him praise and thanksgiving, Lord God, for all that you're doing in our lives, because, Lord, you are God, and you are our God, and you have commissioned us and asked us to be a blessing and to be blessed. We give you the praise, Lord. We give you the praise, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Glory to God. Amen.
So let's look at this, our position in Christ. Next scripture. <sighs> Psalms 8, 5. It just gets gooder and gooder, doesn't it? I mean, huh? You're probably saying slow down, right? No. I got excited. I'm sorry. You heard about the guy, you've heard this story about the, the guy that got excited at church all the time. And, and he went to one of the you know, calm churches and they'd start praising God and he just lifted up his hands and started dancing and getting excited. And, oh, Lord Jesus. And, and the usher said, sir, we don't do that at this church. You know, you just, just sit down and be calm, okay? Relax, okay? All right. So the, next Sunday, the same thing happened. They started singing. He got happy. Oh, he says, sir, sir, please control yourself. And so they... He was a farmer, and so the elders went out to his farm, and they said, sir, we just want to tell you that at our church, we don't do that kind of stuff. We don't use that demonstrative uh, activity. We don't like to do that. Just be calm. He says, yeah, I understand. I'm sorry. I'm really, I don't know. You know, it's, it's kind of like when I think about how good the Lord has been to me, when I think about how he's taken me from poverty and bought me this farm and Bless me and taking care of me, giving me a wife and kids. And I just get so excited how he's prospered me and everything. And I just get, well, could you hold my mule here for a minute? And I just get so excited. I just can't stop praising God. <laughs> so sometimes you just get excited, right? So look what David said. So what is man, no, back up. What is man that thou art mindful of him, nor the son of man that you would visit him? You know, David's out there in the fields, looking at the stars, and he's looking, he's seeing how vast it is, and he says, what is man that you are mine? Why would you even care about us? Do you know that we are God's most treasured possession? There is nothing better or more valuable to him than us. And he watches over us. He says, you have made him, man, a little lower than the angels, but that's translated Elohim, which means God. You have made him a little lower than God and has crowned him with glory and honor. What does that mean? That means that we're not below the angels. We're above the angels. The Bible says the angels minister to us, right? So if they're ministering to us, who's in the better position? We are. They're ministering to us. They hearken diligently into the voice of the Lord for the things that we need to have done. So he has made us a little lower than him and has crowned him with glory and honor. Put a crown. It's a glory. It's a hand. It's, a, it's a, the, the presence of the Lord upon us so that we can walk with him in glory and honor. Next scripture in Psalms 5. I like this one right here. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor you will surround him as with a shield. You can't touch me. You can't come into my territory because I have favor upon me. Satan said to, to God about Job, he says, I can't touch him. You put a hedge of protection around him. I can't get at him. Amen. <laughs> he gave us a clue on what God was doing. He was surrounding us with favor as with a shield to block all the fiery darts, block everything that's happening against us. Amen. So God is good all the time, all the time, amen. So let's look at this next couple of scriptures in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. So we got the idea in the Old Testament that God wants to bless us. He's speaking good over us, but we don't really, can't really comprehend all that he has for us 
because we're just finite, finite men. We're just limited in our mental and, and spiritual capacity. But it says here in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them who love him. How many of you love the Lord? Amen. He said, you can't even figure it out looking at it. You haven't even heard all the wonderful things that the Lord has for you. Did you know that? He has prepared them for us. They're already prepared. You know, when you prepare a meal, you wait for somebody, you wait for the person that you invited to come. It's ready. It's time for dinner. Time to receive it. So let's continue in this 1 Corinthians uh, verse. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. What does that mean? That means no one knows God's plans for us, but the, the, the Spirit of God. And we can know the Spirit of God who can tell us what God has planned for us. So if you want to know, God, what do you have planned for me? Just ask the Spirit. Lord, speak to me what you have planned for me in my life. And, and in the Amplified version of this next scripture, same scripture, it says, now we have not received the Spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, say Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit lives in you? He's not apart from you. You don't have to ask for him to come. He's already there. Just let him manifest himself in you. Who is from God given to us that we might realize, comprehend, and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so what? Freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. He's not holding back on us. He's freely lavishing and bestowing upon us favor. We need to get, just get in the place of God where we can receive the favor of God and what he has for us. Are, do you, would you say that you're all operating in the complete favor of God? No. Or could you use a little more? A, a little more. You know, step it up a little bit, Lord. <laughs> you know what he's saying. You step it up a little bit more. <laughs> you, you get in my will and receive what I have planned for you. Praise God. Next scripture. So then... In Acts, we talk about the apostles. With great strength and ability and power, the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace, say great grace. grace. Let's look at the translation of great grace here. It's special tokens of God's favor. You want a token? Here's your token right here. That That means you got God's favor wherever you go. Just show your token wherever you go. You know, like when you go to that place... Uh, Chuck E. Cheese, you got a token. You can, here's God's token. You get grace. Great grace is loving kindness and favor and goodwill resting richly upon us. What does that mean? It means it's on you. It's, it, it, you don't have to go find it. It's with you. Okay, last scripture. Oh, we missed one. Psalms, go back, go a couple more. No, I mean, go forward a couple more. Let's see if that one's in there. All right, we'll just go to the 10 benefits. You want to know the benefits of favor? Okay, I'm going to give you this one scripture, and then uh, the 10 benefits. Psalms 33, 1. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is comely 
for the upright. You know what that word comely means? It means beautiful, appropriate, appropriate, and fitting. That means when you praise God, he thinks you're beautiful. (laughs) He thinks that's the best you're going to look is when you're praising God. (laughs) Amen? You know, I I found this scripture, and so I would get up and, and praise him and thank him. And he got so excited, the Lord did, that he stayed with me a while, and then in the next morning, he said, let's, let's do that again. You know, he woke me up. Come on, let's, I, want, I want you to praise me. Not that he needs it. We need it. It brings us in one fellowship with him. So how do you get the favor of God? We talked about it. Being obedient and worship the Lord, being one with him and have fellowship with him. So here's the, the 10 benefits of favor. You ready for this? Favor produces supernatural increase and promotion. How, how many of you need that? Remember Joseph? The Bible says whatever he put his hands to prospered. It favor produces restoration of everything the enemy has stolen from you. Remember the children of Israel when they left Egypt? God said, ask the, the women there for their jewelry. What, what, what kind of, excuse me, I love those earrings. Those are beautiful. May I have them? <laughs> what do you mean no? Yours, I think yours are even more pretty. Can I? No? Why doesn't that work? Well, I need the favor of God. And the children of Israel had the favor. Here they were, their maids. Now all of a sudden, they're asking for their jewelry. Not, no, don't touch my jewelry. This is my jewelry. They didn't do that. They freely gave them their jewelry. Verse uh, 3 says, favor produces honor in the midst of your adversaries. You remember Daniel? He was captured, brought into a foreign land, and they made him governor over all the land. How did that happen? He had favor. Number four, favor produces increased assets, especially in the area of real estate. What did God give Abraham? He said, I'll give you all this land right here. I don't know the dimensions. He said, from this river to that river. And I looked at it, and that was a vast amount of territory that he never captured. Even the children of Israel never could capture all the land that God had given them. Favor, five, favor produces great victories in the midst of great impossibilities. Remember Jehoshaphat? A great army came against him, and he said, what should I do with this vast army coming against me? The Lord said, you don't need to fight in this battle. I'll cause them to fight amongst themselves. You don't even need to fight. All you need to do is go pick up the spoils. Come on, talk to me. (laughs) Six, favor produces recognition even when you seem the least likely to receive it. David was uh, in the shepherd field taking care of the sheep, playing and singing unto God. And God said, I'm going to make you king because you're a man after my own heart. So he got promoted from a shepherd boy. Seven, favor produces prominence and preferential treatment. Remember Esther? They had a beauty contest. And all the, all the beautiful women in the land were there and they were preparing themselves and it took them a year to get all the oils and everything that they wanted to just look perfect. And God chose Esther because what? she had preferential treatment. Uh, Eight, favor produces petitions granted even by ungodly civil authorities. So that means that God can change, you know, situations. He can change uh, what somebody is doing for you. I'm going to pick it up with nine. Favor causes policies, rules, regulations, and laws to be changed and reversed to your advantage. I remember when we were in Pasadena, we were trying to buy this land, and uh, the city council said, no, you can't have this land. We're not going to zone it in your behalf. So we went to the next uh, council meeting, the whole church. We just stacked the 
the halls there in, in, the, in the council members' chambers. And they, we were up along the walls. You remember that? And we were just like, okay, you're going to say no to us? Say no to us to our face. <laughs> and they reversed the ruling that they had made the month before. So with favor, God can change things. And 10, favor produces battles won which you don't even need to fight because God will fight them for you. Amen? If you've ever experienced that, it's the most wonderful thing in the world, that you're worried, concerned about something, you pray to God, and God in the morning changes the hearts of your supervisor or people that you're in conflict with, whether you're applying for the loan, whatever you're applying for, God says, I will change their hearts, amen, with favor. How do we get favor? Two ways, by being obedient to the Lord, by fellowshipping with him in prayer, praise, and worship, and thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. amen. Let, that just, let that word seek in you, uh, just uh, soak in that a little bit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your favor upon us, Lord, that you've given us great favor in all that we do. Because, Father, you love us with an everlasting love. There's nothing that you would, will withhold from us because you're a good and gracious God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you. He loves you so much, church. There it is. He loves you so much that he has bestowed his favor. He's spoken good over you. Good words. Favor in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I feel the favor of God upon you right now. How wonderful it is to know that you're the number one son. You're the number one daughter of the Lord. This man that went to heaven, I was going to say one more thing about that. He said, there's no lines in heaven. You don't get in a line to be one with the Lord. He says, everyone feels like they're at the front of the line. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> everyone feels like this is my God, and he loves only me. Because his love is for us, personally that the love he has for Ivory, he doesn't have for me. He has his own love for me, personally. That he knows what I've been through. He knows what I'm going through. He knows my heart. He knows what he's putting on the inside of me. He knows my struggles. He knows my pains. He knows what uh, he has planned for me. And he just wants to love me through it. And I thank you for it, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen.